Hey, hey, this is Tracy Austin with Mental Fitness Matters. This show is designed to provide people with tips, strategies, and solutions to improve your mental fitness. This is Mental Fitness Matters. Hey, hey, happy Thursday, everybody. You are listening to Mental Fitness Matters. I am your host, Tracy Austin, and this is WSIC Radio. Happy Thursday. I hope you guys are out here having a great week. I know uh, for teachers, parents, students, families all over the world right now, you guys are gearing up to go back to school if you haven't already gotten back into to swing of things. So you guys are gearing up, getting ready for school. Um, and I think today's show is going to be perfect for you as I have an amazing guest joining me today via Zoom. We're going to be talking about learning from home and providing you with some tips and strategies for creating an environment for success while learning from home. So this does not have to be um, a situation that you're going into fearing. We want to help you get into this situation with confidence. So I'm excited to introduce my guest today. But before I do that, if you are new to the Mental Fitness Matters show, welcome. My name is Tracy Austin. This show is designed to provide you with tips, strategies, and solutions to improve your mental health and mental fitness. Um, you can find other shows on podcasts. So if you're a podcast listener, please download the Mental Fitness Matters podcast and subscribe to the show. Um, whatever your listening platform is, you can find it there. And we also invite guests on the show. So if you're an expert in your field, if you're a parent out there, a teacher out there, somebody that has some experience in areas of your expertise, feel free to go online to TracyAustin.com, apply to be a guest on the show. I would love to have you and share your story. Um, let's get into it. Today's guest, I have the honor of having Cindy Utzinger on my show. She is an author of the book, Why Is My Kid Doing That? She is an occupational therapist with over 20 years of experience. She's developed outpatient pediatric programs, working one-on-one with children and their families. Uh, she's a keynote speaker. She's been on several podcasts as a guest, and she's super passionate about what she does. And I am just honored to have her this morning. Cindy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? You. I'm good. <laughs> thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for your time, and thanks for being here. Mm -hmm. Is there anything additional before we get into it that you want our guests to know about you that I didn't mention off in your bio? Um, so I don't think I, I don't think you, so I'm at Lake Norman Children's Therapy yep. in, in Cornelius. Um, so I just want your listeners to know if anything I say during this time kind of, um, you know, makes, puts a light bulb moment off in their head or makes them wonder, Hey, do I need to, um, you know, would my child benefit from a little bit, um, extra help or, um, you know, we've got a great team of therapists in Cornelius at Lake Norman Children's Therapy. We've got speech therapists, um, physical therapists, occupational therapists, obviously. So um, it's our job to kind of help help parents get those aha light bulb moments. Um, and and also, um, yeah, so I've got I've got a so all the tips and tricks I've, I'm going to give here. I like to say they're kid tested and mother approved. <laughs> I love it. I have a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old, so they've been my test subjects for several years now. So <laughs> that is, That's awesome. No experience like real experience, right? You know, that's, that's right. That's awesome. That's right. And I'm, I'm just loving getting to know a little bit more about you. I was introduced to you uh, through the Cairo Life Wellness Center in Mooresville, Kathy, and, mm -hmm. and um, 
those great people over there. And so when I was le- looking into more about your your background, your history, and you wrote a book called Why Is My Kid Doing That? I love that. And as a licensed mental health therapist and somebody who's really passionate about the brain and how it works, you went to the why, you know. And so a lot of times when we see people, we look at the symptoms and the behaviors that can manifest. But you take it a step further, which I love. You go to the root cause. Tell us a little bit about that book. Why is my kid doing that? And you might also want to think about writing another one for parents right now. Why is steam coming from my ears during the pandemic? So. <laughs> <laughs> people have asked me if my next book can be why is my husband doing that? Yes. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that one out myself. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, I sometimes my kids will think they're like, Mom, you write about all of this stuff. I'm like, it doesn't mean I'm an expert. I'm, you know, I'm figuring it out, too. But um, yeah, so why, you know, I, I, I tease, but it's the truth. So my why behind writing the book was why. Um, I'm just a why person. Even, you know, my teachers growing up, I used to drive them crazy because they're like, well, why does two plus two equal four? You know, I, I need to know why. So um, so I just loved, I love to know why in, in everything in my own life, but, um, cause I feel like when I know why it clicks and I can run with it, but until I know why I'm like, eh, I don't know, should I do this or not? Um, it doesn't make sense to me yet. So, um, yeah, so, and I, I just, I love to understand the human mind. I love to understand why we do the things that we do. So, And then what I found was I was working with kids and these parents were coming in and they were just so frustrated. They were exhausted. They had been spinning their wheels, you know, being told that they're, you know, they've got a bad kid or their their kid might have this or their kid might need that. They need to go here, go there. And they just didn't, they just didn't know. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to help shed light for parents because I feel like right once we, once we know why our kids are doing what they're doing then we're empowered. We can get a toolbox together. We can put things in place. And it just brings us peace as parents to be able to handle their behaviors much better. And, and so it's a very sensory rooted book. And, um, and I've heard it explained this way, and I think it's a great explanation, but with the sensory system and kids, what we see, it's like an iceberg. What we see is what's above the water. We see the part, we see their behaviors. We see the things that we're doing. We see, we see the tip of the iceberg, but what we don't see is what lies below the water. And oftentimes what lies below the water is, is sensory in nature. So again, we can spin our wheels trying to chip away at what's above the water and what we see, but when we can get to the root of it, and knock it out from there, we're going to have much greater success. That's powerful. And, and that's so necessary. I love how you said that a lot of times we're looking at what we see is the tip of the iceberg, but the things that are going on underneath, underneath that, if we don't start to deal with those root causes and those root concerns, we're still going to have this big thing at the top here that we're seeing manifest and bubble over. Mm-hmm. So that's a perfect segue into what families may begin to see as they are transitioning now, especially if kids are at home learning and going into school sometimes. 
everybody's kind of going into a new way of doing and learning. And so as we talk about some of the things and the behaviors that could be possible for parents to now witness, especially if they've really just kind of seen their kids every now and then after school for homework time, now it might be a different look and feel for people if you're there all day um, trying to teach, trying to encourage, trying to motivate, trying to parent. You know, so all these hats uh, that people are going to begin to wear if they're not already wearing them. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about as people are transitioning or learning from home or doing more online, where do we need to start? How do we begin helping our families and our and our and our kids? You know, I, I think the first thing, and and this is one that I need to write on a big blackboard in my own house to remind myself, but I think it's just grace and compassion. You know, we just have to give ourselves so much grace as parents. We're gonna mess up, we're gonna lose our cool. Our kids are going to mess up. They're going to lose their cool. We're going to see a lot. And we just have to, we just have to have grace. We just have to have, you know, sometimes either zero expectations or very realistic expectations. My husband, I always tease that um, I think some of our worst parenting moments come when we have these really high expectations uh, of how things are going to go and they, they just don't get met. Um, But I also think we have to be very flexible in our thinking, um, which doesn't come naturally to me. I really have to force myself to um, to think a little more flexible sometimes. I want things to kind of go my way or go the, things that go the way things are imagined in my mind. But, um, but that, that doesn't always work that way. But so we really have to think outside the box, I think, with how we're going to set up their work environment, how we're going to... Um, um, just create a real positive learning environment for them. And we have to, it's really important that we understand that what works for us oftentimes doesn't work for our kids. So it's really about figuring out what's going to work for our kids. And, and I know we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go to um, kind of ways to, to set up your environment. Um, But also I think one of the biggest things that I like for parents to understand, again, that brings those aha moments is that um, kids are showing us what they need through their behavior. Mm -hmm. So when we understand that, we can give them what they need. So, for example, if our kids are bouncing off the walls and can't sit and focus, then they're showing us they need movement. They need to go bounce off the walls. We just need to find an appropriate way for them to do that. So, um, you know, so again, they can't sit, they can't focus. Okay. You know what? Let's get up and let's go get some really good kind of intense movement, you know, not just necessarily walk around the block. They might need to, um, you know, do, do some burpees, do some push-ups. go, you know, run down the block as fast as they can. Um, you know, they might need to go, uh, go get on a swing, get on, um, get on a trip, something, just right. something to really get intense movement. And then the opposite, you know, so when our kids are melting down, they're showing us they're, they're done. They're overstimulated. They've had enough. Their cup is they're overflowing. So I find, and again, this, I, um, I'm really bad about this cause I, I love to talk and I love, if there's a problem, I want to talk my kids through it they often need time alone. So when our kids are melting down, a lot of times, again, they're overstimulated. They've had too much. We need to back away and respect that and give them some time to themselves. And so one of my favorite tricks that I've um, utilized with my own kids is a a time in, or I've also heard it called a, um, 
a chill, a chill spot. I can't remember the word, but, um, but anyway, so instead of a timeout, it's a time in. So, you know what, go to your place filled with your favorite things. Um, you know, it, it could be, um, a little corner in the room with a, your blanket, your a pillow, Legos, coloring stuff, um, music, whatever your their their favorite things are that are comforting to them. You know what? Go take a moment to yourself, regroup, and now come back. And now we're going to have a lot more success because they've had that time to do that. And again, and I think right now, because they're learning from home, I know it's so hard. But a lot of our children don't work really well in a traditional school environment. So we can almost use this to our advantage to, again, be creative, think outside the box, give them those, give them, give them the environment and the work set up and the time that they need because there isn't as much the pressure, the same pressure that's on them in the classroom. We don't have to necessarily... um, Apply that in the apply that at home. Yes. And so what I'm hearing from you, Cindy, is a lot of times being able to start with creating the environment. So you mentioned a couple really good nuggets as you started out the conversation that what you may need as a parent or a teacher may look completely different from what the needs of your child may kind of present for themselves. So if you're seeing movement or you're seeing hyperactivity or you're seeing being easily distracted. So if we can go to like an extreme case of somebody who had a hard enough time trying to stay in the classroom and focus. Focus, let alone now being at home where it's a little bit more comfortable and having to just do work all day there. So if you're starting to see things like easily distracted, moving all the time, not really engaged, that may be a good time to kind of have some things already set up in terms of movement breaks. I heard you mention possibly doing push-ups or exercises or going for a walk. So it sounds like incorporating time in a place if you're seeing these types of behaviors start to show up, maybe this is a good segment for let's go over here and go outside for a little bit, take a five to 10 minute break, go to the park, do something active. But what if they're in front of the screen and the teachers are online and you have to kind of check into your classroom? How do we provide a solution? Let's say kids are easily distracted, off task, they're bored, but now they're watching their teacher teach and parents are like, I want Johnny to stay engaged. What supports can we offer? Because this will probably happen several times throughout the day. <laughs> what, right. do you, what do you do when you can't necessarily um, be as flexible as moving away from the screen, but having to still be engaged? How do we still get this activity rolling? So, yeah. So one of my favorite things is just to think about alternative seating. Um, you know, again, it, we have the luxury. They don't have to sit at a desk all day like they did in the classroom. So, yes, they have to be in front of the computer, but they don't have to be sitting in a traditional chair to do so. So, again, for those kids who really need movement, and, and let me preface that by saying it is so important that we understand that movement helps to neurologically organize us. Um, you know, for anybody who likes to exercise, you get it, right? If you go exercise, you come back and you're much more ready to focus on your work. So our kids need movement. It, it Again, it neurologically organizes us, gets our brains ready to focus. So when we can allow kids even just little opportunities for movement, we're neurologically organizing them. So one of my favorite tricks is, um, or I'll, I'll just kind of list some of some of my favorite um, yeah. alternative seating options, but uh, an exercise ball. 
It's great because, again, as you're sitting on that ball, you get to just kind of, you know, shift around, get some get some wiggles out. If you, you have a beanbag chair, um, that's great, too, because that just um, when the pressure that of a beanbag chair kind of enveloping you um, is, again, is neurologically organizing. Um, my kids like to do their work sometimes sitting in a hammock or in an inu. Um, and we don't even have trees and in, in where we don't have many trees. So, you know, my daughter's got her strung from two columns um, on our porch. But um, but again, that that Inu kind of envelops her and she can bring her computer out there and she's um, good to go. Um, an office chair. I love um, chairs that spin. Um, I'm actually sitting in one myself right now because it helps to it helps to organize us that little bit of movement. So if you have an office chair at your house already, great. There are some um, fairly cheap ones. I, I've even I, I've seen some at IKEA, really as low as like $19.99. Um, Target even has some. I think like around $35. Um, but that that opportunity to kind of you know wiggle in their chair is great. A rocking chair. Um, even laying on their stomach, if they get to lay on the floor on their stomach and kind of, you know, prop their head up on their elbows with their computer in front of them, they're getting more sensory input through that deep pressure from laying on their stomach. Mm -hmm. So, um, so again, just, you know, think out, think outside the box. And I'm Um, I'm still hearing you kind of say the flexibility piece in this, because with the spinning chairs, with being able to lay on the floor, kind of having some time to kind of get up, sit down, helping parents to not be so focused on their kids moving around, but allow them the opportunity to move around and not be called down for that. Let them move, let them bounce, let them kick their legs, do whatever they need to do, because it does stimulate beta in the brain. You know, that brain activity Mm -hmm. for being alert and more focused needs to become activated. So I love that because that flexibility and having several options or of, of alternative seating, alternative learning is going to help that transition be a lot less frustrating for the parents who are just trying or having to call down, stay still, sit up, sit straight. And the right. kids where they can just be right. They're still right. engaged. They're still paying attention, but we don't have to be sitting straight up in a chair like this all the time. Right. You know, I like to remind parents that we can say sit still all day long and yeah. we're, we're wasting we're wasting our breath. Yeah. We're just going to end up with frustrated children and we're going to be frustrated. So when you see them moving, it's like, yep, you know what? Go ahead and move. Do it. Let's find let's find just ways that you can do it, appropriate ways that you can do it and still Get your work done. And still get your work done. You had a really good, I want to get to this real quickly too. You were talking about using food, using food Mm. to kind of help um, focus you and and kind of bring you back to attention. Talk a little bit about that. Right. So we've all kind of heard about, you know, foods, you know, watching sugar, watching food, diets, that types of things. But the, the physical quality of the foods that we eat can actually help us focus too. And a good example is when, when we're stressed out, what do we reach for? I have a feeling most, well, I'll, I'll reach for something chew, you know, pretzels, chips, something gum, something I can sink my teeth into and really kind of gnaw away at. Well, the reason for that is we have, um, what's called proprioceptors. So we have these, um, in our jaw muscles, we have, um, 
these receptors that, again, when we activate them, we help to neurologically organize in coma. So when we, um, and by that, by neurologically organized, I mean, bring a kid who's way up here down or bring a kid who's real groggy up. So we're just getting people at their just right level to focus. But yeah, so when we chew or crunch food, we're activating those muscles in our jaw that help to get us to that really good place. So uh, I'm not saying, you know, I never like to use food as a, as a reward or punishment, but when it is snack time or when it is meal time during during the work day, think about the foods that you're giving your child and the and again the physical qualities of it. So um, think chewy and crunchy, chewy granola, chewy granola bars, um, dried fruit, the fruit leathers, um, cheese sticks, pretzels, carrot sticks, apple sticks, um, or apple slices, um, and gum. And gum. If your child is old enough to chew gum. If, again, there's gum chewers out there and there's non-gum chewers, but you, you can tell a gum chewer when they are chewing gum to focus, right? <laughs> um, you know, they're going after that gum. So gum is a really good tool. And I know most schools don't allow it, but you can allow that at home. And again, it helps kids to get their brains in that really good place. I love that. Uh, using what we have and it's about being creative, being and having fun. Let's talk about at least just coming into this with a mindset and perspective to have a good time, right? That we're going to mm-hmm. create an experience that we can have fun. We can be flexible. We can create things that the kids enjoy, that they want to do. Go ahead and create a list of movement type activities so that you have those at your disposal. So when the school day starts and when your day starts, you have these tools. You mentioned that toolbox. You have a toolbox mm-hmm. full of resources that you can grab from that you know may be an option if these things begin to pop up. So having fun and being able to be creative is key. What else would you like to add? We have about four minutes left. Okay. Well, you said the list. I'm a list person. I love to have a list. And I think it's great. So if you kind of have a list of... of alter, you know, okay, so to, you can sit here, you can sit there, you know, these are, these are your seating options for today. And um, when we take a movement break, these are some things we can do. We can go, you know, number one, run around the block. Number two, do some jumping jacks. Um, number three, dance. Uh, again, just have all these different things listed. So, so your kids can choose and be a part of it. I think that's a big part too. Kids like to have some kind of sense of of control. Um, but two quick things. So um, music is so important too. And I, I read this recently that music does for your brain what Adderall does. So it's, we can use music in our homes. Again, maybe not while they're on a, a Zoom call with their class, but while they're doing work, let them create a playlist of music that works for them. Love that. Um, whatever music helps to get their brains in the right place, let, let them let them listen to music. They can, you know, each of your kids can be sitting around the table with their with their um, headphones in, listening to their music that gets their brain in the right place. Um, but also another great tip I wanted to share is the use of a timer. So I I I, I like to give the example. So when I, if you said, "Hey, Cindy, I need you to do push-ups." Just I'll tell you when to stop. Just do push-ups until I tell you to stop. I would probably go at it pretty half-hearted because I wouldn't know if I'm going to have to do push-ups for three hours or if you want me to do five push-ups. Yeah. 
But if you tell me, Cindy, I need you to do five push-ups, then I'm going to really go after it and do those push-ups really well. So when we set a timer for kids and we say, look, you need to work for 10 minutes. When this timer goes off, you can dance, listen to music, go outside and run around for a few minutes, whatever it is, have a snack break. But when we have, when they have a concrete amount of time that they have to focus for, and then know that a break is going to come on the other side of that, I think we're able to get a lot more good stuff out of them. I like that. Yeah, It's a simple, simple, simple um, strategy, but it works. It's powerful. Like you said, they have the expectation. And Cindy, we are coming up on a minute. I want to make sure people know yes. how to reach out to you and contact you. We're going to bring you back for a live show in a couple of weeks. And so what tell us where how they can reach you. So I have a website that um, www.cindyutsinger.com. So you can reach me through that. Again, I, I can be found um, physically at Lake Norman Children's Therapy in Cornelius. Um, but I also and I have a blog on my website. Um, my book can be found through both my website and Amazon. Again, that's why is my kid doing that? Um, and I also, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at why is my kid doing that? We appreciate you so much. Thank you for your time and your expertise. I want my mental fitness matters community to go out and shine bright like the stars that you are. You can learn from home, make this exciting, make this creative. I can't wait to see you guys next week. Thank you for your time, Cindy. Good to see you. Thank you for joining us today on Mental Fitness Matters. Tune in every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. for more tips, tools, strategies, and solutions that will help you reach your peak mental fitness. My name is Tracy Austin, and you've been listening to Mental Fitness Matters.